cut. Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. We only have one Bourbon Boy here this week, uh, Chad, as per usual. But I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Stephen Beam. Do you prefer Stephen or Steve? Uh, Steve. Steve, okay. Steve Beam. How's it going, Steve? Uh, it's going great. Uh, uh, finally stopped raining here. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that, man. It's it's Well, it's been snow up here in Wisconsin, but uh, rain everywhere else, I think. So most of you all are going to recognize the name Beam. Uh, Stephen, uh, Steve uh, runs Limestone Branch. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, history as far as your family history? You're part of the Beam family. Yeah, so um, Jacob Beam uh, came to Kentucky in 1792, and he started uh, going and he sold his first whiskey in 1795. Um, and a lot of people are aware of that story, and uh, but uh, what they don't realize is that Jacob had three grandsons who were all distillers and in the business, and that set three distinct lines to the theme family tree. And uh, you had Joseph, who was the oldest, and that was our uh, line, and uh, he actually stayed at the uh, the original the story, um, we actually have the receipt where he bought uh, his father's still when, when his father passed. So he stayed there, which was just a small uh, farm in the story. Then uh, David was a middle son, and that uh, was Jim Beam. He was Jim Beam's father, and of course that line went on uh, to become Jim Beam. And then the youngest who was actually the most successful around uh, turn of the century, uh, was Jack. And Jack's distillery was a huge distillery just outside of uh, Bardstown, and mm-hmm. it was early times. Now, nice. he died young, and Brown formed his own early times since just after Prohibition. That's really interesting. I, the whole family tree is is very interesting. The The lineage is crazy how deep it runs. So more about yeah, yourself. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say, and, and my mother's side were damps, and they were pioneer distillers as well, equally as successful as the beans. Oh, that's interesting. Prohibition, so. so two sides of the uh, bourbon industry got together to produce you, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a little bit more about you personally. What what did you do before you decided to open this uh, distillery? Uh, well, my degree was actually in. Uh, landscape architecture. Mm. I had looked into uh, uh, something to do with the story. I, I knew I, I didn't particularly want to be a, a chemist, which is what my dad told me I needed to be if I was to be in the story business. But mm. uh, uh, that was not for me, I knew. But, uh, <laughs> but I looked at if, if they had anything for the for, you know, story uh, classes or anything, at, at that time they didn't. Yeah. fortunate for people now that they do, but my, at the time, I didn't, and I had always had an uh, interest in, in love with horticulture, and so I, uh, my degree is actually in landscape architecture. I can actually tell that from being at your all's distillery before Pat, driving past it, y'all have a very beautiful uh, landscape. No thanks. So you all... I think it's like the cobbler's <laughs> kids' shoes, but you know. So you we all do what we can. <laughs> you've been uh, you've been open since twenty ten. Yes. Okay. And you all started out making moonshine, correct? 
Yeah, so we're, we've always made a little bit of bourbon, but uh, we, uh, primarily we're selling moonshine early on, yes. And what was the name of that uh, moonshine? Do you uh, think? We had two different, we did a sugar shine, what we call sugar shine, and, uh, and the brand was T.J. Pottinger, which was a, a, another local uh, historic distiller. And then uh, we also have, have, would uh, go on to brand uh, license the name Moon Pie. So we actually made a Moon Pie Moonshine, which yeah. was interesting. I saw that when I was down in uh, Nashville, I believe, and I did not have any idea that that was produced by you until I saw it on the website. Yeah. Uh, we we haven't produced that for a couple of years, but uh, it was uh, it was a it was good in its day. So uh, no, I, I can't say there were any bad decisions as long as for, for the moonshine. You know, moonshine really had a heyday uh, at one point, and it was fortunate enough for us to be there, and uh, you know, it helped us finance where we are now. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, it's at one point. Uh, probably around when all the moonshining shows came out, it seemed like moonshine really took off as a like a, a alcohol for everybody to drink, and everybody started producing it. Right, yeah, it did, and we yeah, so it, that was probably the height of the sales, and then uh, and we were right in there at that time. Um, I was actually on the the moonshiner show uh, on the third season. I. Uh, Showed Tim Smith how to make uh, legal moonshine. So, oh, I think I saw that episode. Now that you mention it, <laughs> so so you all been producing whiskey since you started. Yes, uh, we got our DSP in December of 2011. Made uh, some corn whiskey right off the bat, and then uh, you know have been producing. We really got up and, and producing uh, in you know 2012. So is uh is what are y'all's brands you produce right now? Uh, we produce uh, Yellowstone mm-hmm. bourbon whiskey, uh, and then uh, Minor Case, which is a high whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you have Yellowstone Select as well, or is that still a product? Yeah, Yellowstone Select uh, is a blend of our four year and seven year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our four year old, it's not all our four year old, and then seven-year-old and then we do a limited edition yellowstone mm-hmm. once a year and then the minor case is a rye whiskey that we finish in sherry cast nice is the is all of the yellowstone your your all's own product or do you source anything we we source uh we it is a blend right now of ours and source okay i got you so uh so we're here looking we're probably a couple of years away from are bottled and bond in enough quantities to be able to be sold out in the market. Are you going to go with Yellowstone to the bottle and bond, or are you switching names? Or you have a no. It will be, it will be Yellowstone bottle and bond. Nice. Um, so, how do you all distill now? What uh, equipment do you use? We are a pot still uh, distillery, so uh, everything's done through pot stills, and we are run six hundred gallon mashes. And mm-hmm. 600 gallons of, of a mash run will give us approximately one barrel of whiskey. Mm-hmm. So each mash run produces one barrel of whiskey. Do y'all do sweet or sour mash? Well, we do sour mash. Sweet. What's the mash bill yeah, y'all are using is, right now if you want to share? That for uh, our rye 
uh, as the flavor in green bourbon is 75% corn, 13 rye, and 12 malt. And we use a, a white heirloom corn, generally uh, trucker's favorite. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, and then we also do the weeded, uh, which is 60% corn, 28% wheat, and 12% malt. And you all haven't released any of that yet. No, we just, uh, it's kind of one of those uh, funny stories. My, a cousin brought uh, Mike Dant, who was the last in our family to own Yellowstone. He brought his, uh, like a day planner off his desk. And uh, one of the days had this recipe circled and uh, said, as of this date. And so I'm not sure exactly what they were doing with it, but they were doing something with that mash bill of the wheat. So we did, I said, well, I need to try this. So. We put some in small barrels, and it was successful, so we moved up the uh, production in 53s as well. Are you uh, are you of the opinion that wheat takes a little bit longer in aging to really have a, a solid flavor? Uh, well, it is it is mild, so it, it to get to develop flavor, it, it does benefit from being in the barrel a little bit longer. That's what it seems like to me, just with people producing younger younger wheat, that it it tends to taste a little younger, whereas with rye and high rye bourbon, maybe it, a little younger age, it tastes better, well, more mature. Right. Now, we did do some with caramel malt, a percentage of caramel malt, mm-hmm. of, the, of the total malt with the wheat, and that, that was a really nice combination, and uh, judging from the smaller barrels, it, it's going to be more complex and, and really nice. You know, at, a, at an earlier, you know, at a four-year age or, or so. I've tasted some stuff with people using caramel malt. That does seem like it helps out a lot with the uh, younger the younger uh, aging. So are you all using a whole, uh, using large barrels for the most part or using small barrels? We do. All, all of our main runs are in 53-gallon barrels. We do what I call an experimental collection where we'll experiment with malt and we do it with 100% malted rye. We do uh, different grain bills and, and, you know, some chocolate malt, different kinds of things like that. And those are all done in 15-gallon barrels uh, so that we can see what if, if it's something we want to pursue or not relatively early on. And those are generally sold on site here at the distillery. We do sell some barrels to uh, liquor stores and, and things around the around. Mm-hmm. Have y'all? Do y'all have a, uh, a store select program? Uh, as far as you know, yeah, the liquor stores coming in and, yeah. and buying it, yeah, uh, it's very limited. Yeah, and it has been limited to, to Kentucky, uh, and we've allowed a few to go out out of state. But uh, right now. Uh, they're just the 15-gallon barrels as well. Although we, we have some 53s that are, are going to start going out. Uh, but, yeah, it's very limited, but, yes, we, we are beginning to do that. Do you have distribution in all 50 states, or is it mostly in the Midwest? Uh, no, we have distribution in all 50 states and about a dozen countries. Nice. So, yeah, and that's why you know why we're still blending the, the whiskeys with source. Well, that I mean, I think pretty much... Most any craft distillery starting out is having to do that, at least to some extent. And, and you know what uh, people 
fail to realize sometimes you know there, there's a really an art and skill to, to blending as well agreed and, and getting things uh you know to taste right so it's not just you know tossing a few barrels together and and crossing your fingers. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're doing it on the scale that you all are when mass-producing to serve 50 states. Right. So, are you all looking to do any expansion? Uh, we just put a new boiler and chiller system in, and uh, we were making about a barrel a day before, and we've uh, doubled our capacity, and now we can do about two. And, and really, that's about where, where, uh, where we're going to sit for a little while. Uh, I know a lot of my friends who had the stories open about the same time or, or you know, building much larger. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty content with the, the smaller scale and, and being a smaller distillery. Um, do you do you all have rickhouses on site? We don't. Uh, that's in the plan, you know, probably another three or four years out, uh, but it'd be a, a smaller rickhouse house for all of our product. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, fortunately we have a, uh, a business partner, Luxco, who built a, a very large facility in Largetown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we are storing our barrels at Luxco right now. Nice. Um, so... Uh, are there any products to look forward to that might be coming out in the near future that you want to let people know about now? Well, like I said, the, uh, the bottom and bond will probably be, uh, our next one out. And that's still, you know, 18 months at least away. Uh, and then the, the three years or in the three years, you know, we, we started putting it back about two and a half years now, I guess. There'll be the weeded bourbon. Uh, and there, there may be some, um, Finished bourbons. I know I'm. Uh, we're talking about doing a uh, a toasted barrel finish because we did that with the uh, the limited edition and it was so well received that uh, you know we made to put that in the uh, uh, the select line. So it'd be you know y'all don't select you know toasted barrel. Um. Is there anything in closing that you'd just like to share with us? Uh, anything about the distillery, your all's overall uh, game plan for the future? I mean, obviously you said you want to keep it small, but uh, just anything, this is your time to share anything you'd like to for the uh, people listening. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're, we are a small distillery, and, and we plan on staying that way. Uh, and everything here is very tactile, you know, done by people who care and each step of the way is done, you know, by hand, hands-on, taste, sight, uh, very little automation, and 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 we really like that uh, aspect to the the distilling, and, and I, I think that's where where our, our niche will be, and uh, most of our product will be, uh, you know, single barrel uh, selects by different. Uh, Liquor stores, bars, restaurants, etc. When that bottle and bond does come out, so it, it will will be mostly single barrel or, or very small batch. And uh, yeah, and, and so if, if people are out and about, we'd love them to come down and visit um, here in Kentucky. We, uh, we like you said, the, the grounds are really amazing, and mm-hmm. we're getting ready to uh, you know have, have them where they are. You know, then 
little grab in the winter time, but it's, uh, you know, daffodils and things are up now, and uh, things are moving along, so... Can you give everybody? Time to be in Kentucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, can you give everybody your all's address and maybe your uh, tour times or? Yeah, so uh, we're at uh, 1280 Veterans Memorial Highway in Lebanon, Kentucky. That's the very center of the state, right in the heart of the Bourbon Trail. Independent Steve Barrel Company is also here in town. If you're get through the week, they give tour an excellent tour, actually. Uh, and you can look us up at. Uh, uh, com or um, and our tour times excuse me and our tour times are uh, on the top of the hour from uh, 10 to 5 okay uh, I've driven past there quite a few times on the way to that Walmart down the street from y'all when I worked at Lexington yeah <laughs> I used to always yeah, think I was like I need to stop you know, hot spot in Lebanon so yeah, it's a nice it's a nice area. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, driving by there and seeing all the uh, the nice shrubberies and stuff at your old distillery. Well, thank you. We you know we we work on it like I said that was my my first uh, career, and so we, you know I think at, at first I didn't get to spend as much time with it as I'd like, but we're, we're beginning to it's beginning to mature and come around. So. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you coming on and letting everybody know a little bit more about your old distillery and uh, letting us know a little bit about your background and your history. Uh, actually, I, I forgot to ask you the, the questions I ask everybody that comes on this podcast. What was the first bourbon you ever had? Uh, the first bourbon that I ever had was, uh, actually, it was Yellowstone. That was always in our house growing up. And my, uh, I, I, I remember it quite distinctly. My mom, uh, I was probably about three or four years old, and my mom, uh, I was coughing, and she'd set me up on the kitchen counter and poured out some Yellowstone and add a little sugar to it, and that was my cough medicine. Uh, but the, the, first, the first bourbon that I, I really drank uh, as a bourbon was probably Maker's Mark, hey, you, honestly. You'd be amazed at how many people have that answer. <laughs> you know, it, it's a nice, smooth bourbon. You know, it's a, it's a good place to start for sure. Oh yeah, and I try to give my child uh, bourbon for cough medicine, and my wife smacks me every time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that was our cough medicine, and uh, my uh, my mom used to rub it on my little niece's teeth when she was, uh, you know, cutting her teeth. So yeah, that it was kind of a catch-all around our house. I try to do that with my son too. I, I've got a seventh month old and i got a two-year-old so the seven month old i try to slip a little bourbon on his gums every once in a while <laughs> and the other question i always ask every guest is what has been your favorite pour you've ever had favorite pour wow actually uh and this is kind of cheating but it was it was a one of the single barrels that went into the 2015 uh Edition, limited edition. It was uh, a twelve-year-old bourbon that was there was about fourteen gallons left in the barrel, Ooh. and it was it was just absolute heaven. And uh, I did go ahead and blend it into that, but I really felt like a criminal doing it. <laughs> you, you didn't put any bottles and, aside for yourself, did you? I didn't know that, and uh, oh, it, no. it was it was an awesome bourbon. Uh, 
And uh, that that was probably my favorite overall uh, of, the, of any bourbon that I've had. So excellent. Well, not to be available. I've had them all over the gamut when I ask that question, especially from distillers, because they get so much different stuff. Yeah, well, you know, and people ask what I drink, and I do try to to to, to change it up, and you know, I try. You know, I've tried just about every bourbon, I, and as they come out, I, I keep trying. But uh, you know, if I'm not drinking Yellowstone, then I have so many uh, barrel picks from when we're we're selecting barrels. So I have half pints of different barrels. You know, probably. 50 to 100 at any given time. And so, yeah, I have a, a lot of a lot of different barrels to choose from, so that's always an interesting pour. It makes for an interesting pour as well. I can imagine. Well, thanks again for coming on, Steve. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to whatever you all have coming in the future. All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Have a nice day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.